my brother and I basically disagree on everything. If you could draw like a, a chart that, or a political spectrum and p- put us on the chart, we could not be more opposite. Um, but the one thing that brings us together is the Princess Bride. We both have it memorized. We both send each other scenes from it, gifs, jokes all the time. And if possible, when we're talking to each other, we try to weave in quotes. No more rhymes now. I mean it. Anybody want a peanut? And there are so many quotes in that movie that fit into everyday life. And there's kind of a an unspoken bond. If someone weaves a Princess Bride quote into a conversation, then you know, okay, that's a good person. That's one of my people. Welcome to Pilgrimage Stories from Up and Down the Staircase. I'm Matthew Anderson. These days, a lot of us are missing the long-distance trails and the pilgrimage spots we love. One way I've been keeping in shape is by marching up and down my staircase. While I do, I think about the walks I've taken, from the Whithorn Way in Scotland to Ganyagahaga Mohawk Territory. I hope you'll join me. Maybe one of these places, these walks, will tempt you. Today's episode is about pilgrimages of a very different kind, pilgrimages to places inspired by books and movies. Hi, I'm Sabrina. My son and I would love to visit New Zealand, and this is probably typical, but we absolutely are inspired by the symbolism and the adventures in the Lord of the Rings trilogy by Tolkien. So we would love to see those landscapes where all these adventures happen. Hi, my name is Joshua Scott, and I would like to visit Jordan. In addition to the country's significant role in history, the landscape was featured in the 2013 sci-fi movie The Martian with Matt Damon. I really connected with Damon's character who reflected on life as he traveled across the open desert to return home and reunite with friends. Hi, my name is Robert Obey, and the place I always wanted to visit was San Cristobal de las Casas in uh, the state of Chiapas, Mexico, uh, because that's where uh, the life of um, Franz Blom takes place and his book, Part of his book takes place in that, or his biography, uh, called Restless Blood. Uh, He was an archaeologist, and I would like to visit uh, that particular place, San Cristobal de las Casas. All right, by Matthew. Hi, Matthew. It's Audra. And the place I'd love to visit would be the Greek islands, because I saw those in the last scene of The Born Identity. Hi, my name is Ken Wilson, and I've always wanted to visit Hebden Bridge, a town in Yorkshire, for three reasons. First, it's on the path of the Pennine Way, and I've wanted to walk that trail for some time. 
And second, I like British police dramas on Netflix, and one of my favorites, Happy Valley, is set in Hebden Bridge. And third, one of my favorite writers, Horatio Clear, lives in Hebden Bridge, and I'd like to imagine that I might bump into him at a cafe if I were to go there. Hi, my name is Sabrina, and I desperately want to see Parpitre in Guadeloupe because I'm a big fan of the James Michener novel Caribbean. I'm just obsessed with the way he described the place, and I will see it one day. A book? That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. Has it got any sports in it? Are you kidding? Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. It doesn't sound too bad. I'll try and stay awake. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's very nice of you. Your vote of confidence is overwhelming. I think as you come in and the big mountains are on each side or the big hills, I felt like, well, when I watched the movie, that when you saw the As You Wish fall, it seems like that was the area where when you were walking through that that could have been the area where, where it happened. By now you've realized that pilgrimage is a pretty big tent. From solidarity marches to the grave of Jim Morrison in Paris to healings at Lourdes, a lot of different experiences get called pilgrimage. I've talked about walking to Santiago, where the tomb of St. James awaits, or to Holy Island, where Cuthbert's bones rest in nearby Durham. Those trails are traditional, at least they end at traditional shrines. Globally, there's Mecca and the Kumbh Mela, thousands of other pilgrimages to Hindu, Christian, Muslim, and Buddhist temples and shrines. Today, we're exploring destinational pilgrimages to a whole different kind of locale, a place made special by stories, often fictional stories but no less real in their effect on our hearts and our minds and our lives. The kind of pilgrimage where, while walking uphill, you might hear a line like this. He didn't fall? Inconceivable! You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. What's, what's special about the movie The Princess Bride? Anybody, what's special about that movie? It takes well, us back to our childhood. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When people ask me my favorite movie, I always say that movie. And it's because I feel so makes you feel connected and grounded to all your friends and everything from that time. And it was just such a beautiful love story. Still a favorite, I think. I I, I just enjoyed it just as much the other day than I did 20 years ago. I think it's the type of movie when you talk to even people that you're just starting to get to know, if they know it, it's a good sign. You feel like, oh, I get you. You like, like it too? Quote, yeah. Mowage. Yeah. If you can mm-hmm. like say a few things and they get it, you're like, oh. Mowage. The blessed arrangement. Love. <laughs> I can't love. Do- that yeah. brings us here together. Inconceivable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the best one probably. Yeah. I'm not the type, just because I'm a fan of a musician to want to go, you know, visit their grave site, or just because I, you know, love a Disney movie, I don't want to go to Disneyland because of that. And I normally, even though The Princess Bride is my absolute favorite movie, and one of my favorite books of all time, I wouldn't 
on purpose go seek out uh, normally all the scenes where it was filmed. But I do love the peaks and my my colleague, Dr. Meredith Warren, who teaches at the University of Sheffield, we did our PhDs together and she came to England a year before I did and she was actually here alone. Um, her husband could not come with her yet because of work. And every single weekend living in Sheffield, her first year here, she could just hop on a city bus and go to the peaks. And Canadians in general love hiking. Um, and the peaks are just perfect for it. You can have a long walk, a short walk, a difficult walk, a, you know, up a mountain. There's always going to be scenery like rolling hills with fluffy sheep, um, old ancient turnstiles and beautiful stone stone walls between pastures yeah. well, we, we meandered around it took us a while to figure out exactly where where we needed to go we got off the bus and it was kind of raining on and off and uh, i think we we're all mesmerized by the beautiful mm -hmm. buildings like because in canada a lot of the buildings are not most of them are not old like that so everything's picturesque it, it just looks like a storybook so I think we were just kind of <laughs> not worried too much about getting exactly where we needed to be just happy that we were in a spot where the Princess Bride was filmed and that we were in for a big hike um, it does rain a lot but there are always pubs willing to take you in and with your muddy wellies rubber boots with your muddy dog um, ramblers as they're called or hikers are always welcome at the pubs in the peaks and so the peaks are fantastic so when I moved to England Meredith lots of times brought me on a walk for the weekend through the peaks and um, I didn't mean to particularly see different places where the princess bride was filmed but one day when we did go up where the scene where the Sicilian and Wesley get into the battle of wits was filmed when we got there, Meredith said, okay, this is the spot where that the Battle of Wits was filmed. And we actually felt really excited. And we spent quite a long time moving among these huge rocks that were there, trying to figure out which one was it, like remembering the film, Googling stills from the, from the scene. After a long time, like having fun laughing over the movie and trying to find the spot, we realized that maybe the rocks they actually filmed on were fake like styrofoam rocks because we never could find the exact setup so you did feel like you saw some of the spots oh well, yeah like it was kind of a guessing game right but you know it was <laughs> I, I said i was all excited when i got to certain spots and i'd be like hey this is where we were you know we were going that direction and you know all this stuff it was kind of cool so i knew when my childhood girlfriends decided we were going to have a girl gang trip to visit me in england they only had a week, but I knew that one of the things we had to do together while they were here was one of the Princess Bride walks. And when, as I gave them sort of an array of things like, would you like to try this? Would you like to try that? And unanimously, when they heard that we could do a hike and see some scenes from the Princess Bride, it was absolutely, we have to do this. Because that movie was, we watched it together so many times growing up. The rodents of unusual size are the worst thing, probably, right? Like, when you think of it. 
you think they'll make it? It would take <laughs> a miracle. Take a miracle. Bye bye. Yeah. That, re- that, that just reminds me of the McKees Mills gang growing up. Like you couldn't have a quote that brings me back in time to, and that was a happy time. It was way back in 1987 that the Princess Bride movie came out. It was written by William Goldman and directed by Rob Reiner. Its wonderful cast included Carrie Elwes, Robin Wright, Mandy Patinkin, Chris Sarandon, Andre the Giant, Christopher Guest, Wallace Shawn, Peter Falk, Billy Crystal, and Carol Kane. Many of the scenes were shot in Derbyshire in the Peaks District, England. Normally, I might not have given much thought to The Princess Bride as pilgrimage material, but my wife, Dr. Sarah Parks, whose voice you've been hearing throughout the podcast, is one of those people who quotes The Princess Bride at any opportunity almost every day. Since I married her, I've come to accept that I can expect my life to be punctuated by Princess Bride quotes at any moment. You're that smart. Let me put it this way. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes. Morons. Living so close to England's Peaks District, where so many of the scenes from The Princess Bride were filmed, has only increased Sarah's tendencies. I do not mean to pry, but uh, you don't by any chance happen to have six fingers on your right hand? Do you always begin conversations this way? Over the years, Princess Bride became what's called a cult classic. Those are movies people watch once, and then they watch again, and again, and again, and again, until they can pretty much quote all the lines. You guessed wrong. You only think I guessed wrong! That's what's so funny! I switched glasses when your back was turned! You fool! You fell victim to one of the classic blunders! The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia! But only slightly less well-known is this! Never go in against the Sicilian when death is on the line! (laughs) Of course, The Princess Bride isn't the only cult classic. Maybe you have a different favorite. The Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Wizard of Oz, The Sound of Music, uh, Batman, the list goes on and on. Many cult classics were not box office hits. The Princess Bride, for instance, had only moderate success when it was first released. Where am I? The pit of despair. Don't even think... (coughs) (coughs) Don't even think about trying to escape. But over the years, these movies develop a dedicated following. One of the greatest pleasures for fans of a movie like The Princess Bride is to be in a group and to hear someone else quote a line. Even with strangers, the connection is instant. The Princess Bride in particular, with its themes of true love, sacrifice, and corny, good-natured heroism, seems to be a movie that makes people enjoy each other's company even more. I told you I would always come for you. Why didn't you wait for me? Well, you were dead. S. Brent Plate is an author and a professor who frequently teaches and speaks on the subjects of religion and film. He's not only an academic, but also a pilgrim. A couple of years ago, he wrote an article for The Conversation about the overlap between pilgrimage and cinema. You can find the piece by searching the title, When Do Moviegoers Become Pilgrims? When Do Moviegoers Become Pilgrims? Brent Plate uses the term film-induced pilgrimage to describe voyages such as we've taken to Castleton in the Peaks, 
or to the historic Shambles Street in York, for instance, which looks so much like Harry Potter's Diagon Alley. In these travels, writes Plate, tourists begin to look a lot like spiritual seekers. He goes on to say, Distinctions between tourism and pilgrimage, on-screen reality and off-screen reality, and the secular and the sacred grow blurry. There's no way you'll trust me. Nothing comes to mind. I swear on the soul of my father, Domingo Montoya, you will reach the top alive. Throw me the rope. Take, for example, the TV series Brooklyn Nine-Nine. In one episode, Jake makes the squad late for their flight home from Los Angeles by stopping at the fictional Nakatomi Plaza building, in reality, the Fox Plaza. Of course, Jake is as fictional as Nakatomi Plaza, but that doesn't make such urges unusual. All over the world, from visitors to Anne of Green Gables sites in Prince Edward Island, or the people who keep checking to the abandoned bus of Into the Wild, so many so that local authorities eventually had to helicopter the bus out from public safety, those people are fan pilgrims, and fan pilgrimage is a very real thing. Now, would you have thought of yourselves as Buttercup or as the Man in Black? Or like, what role did you play in, in The Princess Bride? Were you a nasty little Sicilian? No, I think I would have wanted to be Buttercup. Me too, knew, Butter. knew I wasn't, but I would want to have been. She was so beautiful. <laughs> she still is. Robin Wright Penn. I mean, yeah. come on, look at her. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, everybody wanted to be her. She was so naturally beautiful. Plus, she got the guy. Like, hello. Whatever your tastes, I'm betting there's at least one movie or book site you'd like to see too. Whether you fancy the idea of dancing up and down the same stairs as the Joker in the Bronx or you want to cast your eyes over magnificent Highclere Castle in Berkshire, where Downton Abbey is filmed, or maybe you want to see where Wuthering Heights may have been inspired. There's probably a place that evokes some of these urges in you. In February 2021, Canadian actor Christopher Plummer passed away. His death brought me back to a movie pilgrimage I'd almost forgotten. I was on it so long ago. It was the first time I'd ever visited Salzburg in Austria. One afternoon, we were convinced by a local tourist office to take a trip that they called the Sound of Music Tour. For several hours, a group of us from Canada, the United States, Japan, uh, nobody from Austria except the guide, traveled around Salzburg and through the Alps in a small van with a young tour guide. Pretty quickly, we realized that whatever the tour company may have uh, thought, the main purpose of the tour guide seemed to be to inform us how absolutely wrong the movie The Sound of Music was about the war, about Austria, about Salzburg, about everything, in fact. But that didn't stop us. Our little van full of Japanese, American, Canadian, and Brits, uh, we wanted to see what we wanted to see. We saw Salzburg through the eyes of the Von Trapp family, and we visited the completely fake gazebo at Schloss Hellbrunn, where that song, I Am 16 Going On 17, was filmed. In fact, the actual gazebo is much too small for the dance scene that The Sound of Music made famous. They actually had to build another gazebo in the studio for the dance. But that's the power of stories. The stories that we repeat to ourselves, that we make valuable in our lives, can make real places expand or contract. They can even move physical locations and still be shrines. Think of, uh, of Harry Potter, platform nine and three quarters, where Harry and his friends magically pass through a wall to take their train for Hogwarts. It's shot somewhere in the actual train platforms of King's Cross Station in London, but King's Cross Station built the Harry Potter store and installed a, a half a luggage trolley sticking out of the wall 
in the lower section of the train mall, at a distance from any real platforms. Does that matter? Apparently not so much. It doesn't stop crowds of fans from having their picture taken, Gryffindor scarf flipped up by a photographer's assistant at the end of the trolley and then heading for the inevitable gift shop. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Stop saying that! Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Offer me money. Yes. Power to promise me that. All that I have and more. Please. Offer me everything I ask for. Anything you want. I want my father back, you son of a bitch. <sighs> so good. The connection between pilgrimage and narrative is hardly new. Story is what makes place come alive. It always has, whether those stories are on Netflix or in the Bible or in the Ramayana. Even so-called traditional pilgrimages, pilgrimages connected to historical people and events, have powerful stories attached to them. That's true whether it's Bernadette's vision, St. James arriving by scallop shell in Santiago, or even the passion story that pilgrims read before carrying the cross, like Jesus, through old Jerusalem. These are the basic elements of pilgrimage. Story, land, relationship, and transformational movement. In our society, so influenced by media, those stories may very well come to us on screen. The religious pilgrim and the pilgrim reader or pilgrim moviegoer are not so different. As Esperant Plate points out, quote, Travelers to these various places have similar moods, motivations, and spiritual and emotional experiences. End quote. Were we? We don't know. In, <laughs> In our, our minds, we're there. We were there. <laughs> if you're a fan of The Princess Bride, you'll enjoy reading Carrie Elwes's book, As You Wish, Inconceivable Takes from the Making of The Princess Bride. It's published by Touchstone Books in 2014. For more on beautiful Derbyshire, Derbyshire, as they say here, and on the very walkable and scenic Peaks district of England that attracted the filmmakers, check out uh, www.visitpeakdistrict, all one word, visitpeakdistrict.com. You can find more there on the village of Castleton, where I highly recommend a visit to the local pub. The British Pilgrimage Trust website has a pilgrimage titled The Old Stone's Ways that begins or ends, as you wish, at Hirator, where much of the on-screen filming was done for The Princess Bride. Haddon Hall, that's two Ds in Haddon Hall, or Prince Humperdinck's Castle, is also worth a visit, not just to see how Florin and Gilder are doing, but for its own long and more historical history. Are you the Miracle Max who worked for the king all those years? The king's stinking son fired me, and thank you so much for bringing up such a painful subject. While you're at it, why don't you give me a nice paper cut and pour lemon juice on it? We're closed. S. Brent Plate, whose work on both cinema and pilgrimage I've quoted in this episode, maintains his website at sbrentplate.net. That's all one word, S-B-R-E-N-T-P-L-A-T-E dot net. Personally, I highly recommend his book, A History of Religion in Five and a Half Objects. My own blog is at www.somethinggrand.ca.
thanks to James Anderson and to Scott Royal for my podcast music, and to Dr. Sarah Parks for being such a good sport and such a great fan of The Princess Bride. You are wonderful! Thank you, I've worked hard to become so. I admit it, you are better than I am. Then why are you smiling? Because I know something you don't know. And what is that? I am not left-handed! Thanks also to the Concordia University Part-Time Faculty Association, or CUPFA, for partially funding some of my explorations of the Peak District and the history of its ramblers. I'm Matthew Anderson, the Staircase Pilgrim, and I look forward to seeing you next episode of Pilgrimage Stories from Up and Down the Staircase. Bye for now. Probably the connections with the people, right? And at the very beginning, there is the grandfather and the grandson, and he's reading to him when he's sick. Like, I just love the coziness of the way it even starts is so adorable to me. And then you get into the story, and you're into the story because you're seeing it through this little boy's eyes sometimes, like when they talk about the kissing pieces and all those, ew, gross, that's so disgusting, they're kissing. And yeah, I don't, like, this, the characters definitely, they're like your friends, right? The voices you heard from the McKees Mills gang were Krista Fahey Soby. Shannon Fahey Frazier, Colleen Fahey Budd, and Tracy Boucher Burke, and me, Sarah Parks. Farm boy, fill these with water, please. As you wish. That day, she was amazed to discover that when he was saying, as you wish, what he meant was, I love you.